0: welcome to the brisbane property podcast with your hosts melinda and scott jennison from streamline property buyers your local brisbane property specialists
1: hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the brisbane property podcast my name is scott jennison i'm the acquisitions manager here at streamline property buyers
0: yes welcome back everybody melinda jennison here managing director and buyers agent here at streamline property buyers today we do want to debrief Uh, the program that you may or may not have seen earlier this week that was presented on the ABC. That program was The Four Corners um, and it did unveil some really um, unscrupulous activities in the real estate industry. So we would like to respond to that program and help listeners understand what Um, some of the things that that were addressed in the program, what you need to look out for as a consumer to ensure that you're not going to be exposed to those people that do the wrong thing by you in the industry, and specifically in relation to being represented by a buyer's agent.
1: Yeah, so I I was going to touch on that. It's it's basically about the buyer's agent side of it. Um, Why using a qualified buyer's agent? Um the important things to to be to consider, to be aware of, what to look for, what to ask, those sorts of things. Um, and we thought we'd sort of open up a little bit on how it how it can help people. Obviously it's a, it's a big commitment. We always say that's a big commitment to buy property, massive commitment in life, um, and also then to trust someone to help you along the way um, to achieving what your your goals are and what you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, it's interesting Um, as the Queensland representative of REBA, that is the Real Estate Buyers Agents Association of Australia, I often get phone calls from people that are looking to become a buyer's agent or looking to join our industry. Now, REBA exists as um, an industry body that represents minimum standards and maintaining quality of standard across the buyer's advocacy space or the buyer's agent industry. So you can be assured that any uh, buyers' agents who are members of Reba have had their systems and processes tested. Um, they've had those processes um, assessed by um, very experienced buyers' agents, and you don't just pay a fee to become a member of Reba. You must actually meet their minimum standards and comply with their code of conduct. So, as a Queensland representative, as I said, I do get a lot of phone calls from individuals and even just um, Monday afternoon, before the program uh, was was shown on the ABC, uh, we saw. I I received a phone call from an individual who was working full time and wanted to start out his buyer's agency business on a part time basis. Um, And you know, the discussion that I had with him was that you know, just that afternoon, we were. Um, As a team of six here in Brisbane, working with two clients putting forward offers off the back of weekend inspections. But we had all team members working together for two clients to ensure we met the deadlines provided by sales agents. So if you were working part time as a buyer's agent and you were um, working full time in another, Business or another uh, position, there is absolutely no way that you could drop everything to be responsive to the needs and requirements of your clients to provide that that top level of service. Um, and therefore, my recommendation to that particular inquiry was that unless you're in a position to commit full time, you're really not going to be representing your client in the way that we feel um, meets our minimum standards uh, for for satisfaction by Reba. So it's definitely you know a big. Issue that we have with the real estate buyers agent space, um, there's a lot of people that that take it on on a part time basis, but really it is a full time and more um, role because you must be available 24 seven to be able to represent your clients in the best way possible.
1: Yeah, I think it comes back to what I touched on a minute ago about um, it's a massive investment for people. You know that it's a huge amount of money you're dealing with. Um, so to do it on a part time basis, not quite sure how people can do that. Uh, before we get into the And We'll explain a little bit more about the REBA and the qualifications and things like some things to look for. I guess one of the things that some people, when they talk to us, is one of the questions they probably ask is experience. Um, It's probably not so much, I don't think, how many years you've been a buyer's agent, but how much experience you've got in the property market. Um, Because it might not be just being a buyer's agent or a sales agent or anything like that, um, but it's how much experience you've got in. Have you been in the market in different types of markets? um have you purchased have you sold and experienced different levels and different types of market conditions to understand what's involved in all those as well
0: yeah it's interesting that you say that because you know um the same conversation that i had on on monday afternoon with this chap was um you know i've i've purchased two investment properties for myself and therefore you know i've i've got experience in buying property i know and understand the market whereas As buyer's agents, when you have experience purchasing hundreds of properties representing clients, you have a different level of experience to someone that may have only purchased um, a couple of properties for themselves. And I I guess that's what sets um, you apart as a buyer's agent compared to an investor for yourself. But um, to your point, Scott, experience in the property market might mean experience understanding um different market cycles, um, different interest rate environments, how consumers react and respond to changing economic conditions. These are all things that influence consumer behavior and therefore can influence the way you might advise a client um, to proceed in a certain situation. So it is that combined industry experience and industry knowledge that really sets apart those buyers agents that uh, provide a premium service versus other buyers agents who who may be more focused on on getting a result very quickly for clients. Um, there's a big difference between being transactional and being um, an absolute advocate to ensure your client gets the best possible outcome.
1: Yeah, I can keep going back to I guess your experience when I bought bought my first property and I was I think I was paying 18, 19% interest. So understanding different conditions is really really important, um, especially when people talk about the current. Time that you know interest rates changing and what's happening in that space um, to be aware of what sort of effect that can have. Um, Google reviews, I guess, when you start to look at you know if you start to look for, to using a buyer's agent, one of the one of the first things you can probably do is do do some Google reviews. Have a look at um, some of their past clients, see what they've said about their service, um, some of the comments. Probably not so much what um, maybe agents say about. Um, the buyer's agent, I think, um, but more about what past clients have have had. I think that's probably a good starting point.
0: Yeah, not just using Google reviews as a representation of um, you know what past clients might have experienced, but check a business's online presence because what you will find is those businesses that are established and have good credibility in the market will have a presence across a multiple platforms. Um, they should be very visible on Google through. Um, contributing to industry articles, um, contributing to the industry, and you shouldn't see um, sort of bad reporting based on on, on those, those types of businesses. Um, I will say also there's online forums, especially if you're a property investor, um, you can look at what people say in online forums about working with different buyers agents. And in fact, look to see whether those buyers agents contribute um, their information to that community to help people, or whether they're just looking to um, spruit their services to that community again. Um, a differing factor in terms of the approach that different buyers agents might use to try and get business. Um, of course, sharing of knowledge is it's a very good way to show um, how experienced you may be in a particular market, and it's something to look for. As opposed to, hey, I can help you do this. Um, please reach out, and um, we can take the the messaging off the forum.
1: Where are you going to buy? I, I guess that's one that you know people people using. Um, not locals, if you want to put it that way. I guess people that aren't local to the area. Um, I think that's that's a strange one to, to buy a property in a different city or a different town, different location to where that buyer's agent is actually located, has lived, um, and and knows that area inside out. And, and we look at you know, we look at selections for suburb selections. Um, it's not just the suburb because There's streets within suburbs that you might say, oh, not that street or not that area in a certain suburb. Um, Understanding what those areas look like. And and that's a lot of things like lifestyle from coffee shops, cafes, parks, um, all those, the transport side of it, we always look at as well. So understanding what areas are and having that experience and local knowledge, um, that, that to me, I think is critical.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I do know that there are some interstate buyers agents, for example, that do buy in multiple locations and, you know, they may visit certain areas to get a feel for those locations, drive the streets. There's nothing um, that would enable me, for example, to go to Sydney and get a feel for an area, but it's very different to to drive through an area. Um, and get a feel for it versus living in the location and understanding the location from a local's perspective. We're talking about chalk and cheese in those scenarios because when you live in a location, you get a much deeper understanding of um, different pockets um, in different suburbs, different streets, um, and just local perception of different parts of the market. And I think that becomes critical again, especially when you're advising buyers around a massive investment purchase that could be a home or it could be an investment property but having that local intel having that local knowledge um, is much more than just looking at mapping online or driving streets on a one-off occasion it's about living and experiencing different locations to really get a local's perspective of what it is actually like to live there because that is what tenants are looking for when they're selecting an investment property to live in And that is what owner occupiers are looking for when they're selecting a home to reside in.
1: And the other one, I guess, on top of that is the agent connections. Now, a local agent will have all, a local buyer's agent will have all the local agent connections. Um, They'll know them, they'll be able to ring them, they'll able to probably get private inspections. There's a lot more, um, I think, added sort of value of having that local knowledge, the local connections. Um, And as you said, knowing the place inside out as well. So um, definitely local knowledge. One one I do want to touch on is probably quality of service, uh, and this will probably cover a few ranges. I think of, of different areas. So when you, when you're looking for a buyer's agent, the quality of the service they basically they need to have the best interest of the client at heart. That's that's the number one thing that has. It's not a transactional thing. It is the purpose of the doing this is is doing it for the client and the outcome for the client. So there's probably a lot of things we can touch on when it comes to the quality of service.
0: Absolutely. I, I read uh, recently um, a buyer's agent that was suggesting um, client management of up to 30 clients at any one time could be conducted as an individual. Now, that, in my opinion, would be absolutely impossible to provide a high quality and a high level of service to 30 people all at the same time. It also brings a level of client conflict um, into the equation, whereby, you know, if you're working with 30 people at any one time, um, you know, you've know you got the potential for a lot of crossovers in those client briefs. And I think, um, again, that's where aligning with a buyer's agent who is a member of REBA, the Real Estate Buyer's Agents Association of Australia, will ensure that you're not going to be subject to that um, level of, um, I guess, conflict. Um, buyer's agents who meet REBA requirements um, are not allowed to have conflicting client briefs. And if they do, it is outlined up front in the agreement with a client before they actually engage the services of that buyer's agent. So, um, you know, for us, uh, we don't take on clients with conflicting briefs. Um, It's not uh, within the guidelines of of what we consider uh, to be good practice. And in fact, we'll have a waiting list if we've got a conflicting client brief for a specific type of property in an area at a specific price point. That is the way you can assure that properties that you may be considering, on market, off market, or pre market, are not being um, played off against clients on your books. Um, it's, in my opinion, not um, ethical to to do that. Um, but we do know that it happens in the industry, and you know it's something that we're um, we're trying to to ensure doesn't happen. And and the way to ensure it doesn't happen is to align with a REBA accredited buyer's agent, because you know that that will be. Um, something that, that they won't actually do.
1: Yeah, I think having, as you mentioned, mean, 30 clients, um, I don't know how you get quality service straight out from that anyway. We actually had a story on that one similar to that um, a, a while ago now, we actually, a client came to us, became a client of ours when they were actually working with someone else. And when we spoke to that client, they said the other person they worked with presented a property to them and said, you've got 24 hours. If you don't buy, we'll give it to someone else. Crazy. Which I... I Quite, I couldn't quite understand that. Um, so it's probably checking the number of clients that they service um, and they can work with and making sure that you are basically treated as number one, um, because if that's your brief, you're the number one on that search. You shouldn't be competing with other people in house over a property um, where that is your brief and that's what you're trying to achieve as well.
0: And I think um, something else that we we know quite often happens is that the buyer's agent that you might be engaging for the service, they not be the one that's physically inspecting uh, the properties that you may be looking at. Now this quite often happens with those buyer's agents that um, are based elsewhere and are buying in a local location. So for example, we know a lot of buyer's agents who do purchase properties here in Brisbane may not be based here. And so instead of them inspecting that property themselves, um, they might have someone that is on the ground in the target location inspecting for them. It might be a property manager. Um, it might be, you know, uh, someone that's part of their team. But it is important that you ask the question, who is going to be inspecting uh, the property? Because here in Queensland, if you are buying in Brisbane, um, that person must be licensed and they must have at least a a valid registration certificate, meaning they are a licensed um real estate professional, and they, if they are inspecting property on behalf of another party, they must hold at least a registration certificate with the Office of Fair Trading. So really important to ask that question um, of your buyer's agent if you know that they're based in Sydney and they're recommending um, something in Brisbane, or if they're based in Melbourne recommending something in Brisbane, it's really important to ask who's physically inspecting that property um, and are they licensed um, in Queensland to, to be performing that duty. Otherwise, they're acting outside of the law.
1: It it's amazing when you go to some properties and I go as to look into properties from probably a different um, different eyes from a builder's eyes. But the photos that you can see on realestate.com, that are, you know, they're photos. They're taken. They're, they can be touched up and, and make a property look really amazing. But when you actually go out there and you physically look at the property and you walk around and get in under the house and check everything, um, it's amazing the little bits and pieces you can actually find um that that you don't see in those photos as well so i think having someone that knows what they're doing um inspecting the place properly um that is just critical and that's a must have
0: and i think for any you know uh, purchaser looking to align with a buyer's agent um you know they should be providing details of their license um here in Queensland that should be provided on what we call a PO form 6 which is a property occupations act form 6 there buyer's agent license um, or real estate license should be clearly disclosed to you on that form so that you can ensure that you are dealing with um, a licensed professional. Um, Again, this is just another step in the process for you as a consumer in the due diligence that you should be doing to ascertain whether your buyer's agent meets the minimum standard or alternatively, work with a REBA accredited buyer's agent because um, you know that they will be licensed and they will hold the adequate insurances um, uh, for professional indemnity
1: as well. So before we, again, I know we're going to touch on these memberships. Um, the other part I'd probably look look at is a couple of little things is, um, you know, a sales pitch, um, sales pitch, cash cash flow positive, make money fast, all those types of things. Um, I wouldn't get caught up in in all those promises um, that they talk about those types of things. So just beware of those sales pitches. Make sure again that they've got the best interests of the client. Um, that is number one, um, and not about that the sales pitch and making money and getting rich rich fast.
0: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of noise in, especially in the property investment space um, around you know following high growth, high yield strategies, where you're going to get the best of both worlds. Um, And if you are looking at a 12 or an 18 month period, that might show in the data that that is the case. However, um, the question to ask is what has been the long-term performance in these areas that you are recommending? Because we shouldn't just be looking at short-term performance. Uh, When we purchase property, it is a long-term investment um, that we do hold typically you know five plus years, but for many people you're looking at 15, 20 or 30 years. Therefore what's most important for us as property investors is what is the performance likely to to be over the long term, not over the short term uh, because you're wanting well sustained um, growth in your asset to actually achieve those retirement goals that you might have. So it's really important that you ask the questions around any promises or guarantees of short-term performance. Um, and extract information that's more relevant to the long term performance because that's ultimately where you will um, benefit most, as especially as a property investor.
1: Fees. It's probably probably one thing I do want to touch on as well. Um, cheap. So if you're shopping on price, um I guess the old saying, you get what you pay for. Um, just be aware of of prices. Um, how people charge, um, the other thing is to be aware of is is um, any referral fees, things like that. So, um, make sure you know if if there's a cheaper fee is there a reason there's a cheaper fee are they getting paid from a referral from somebody else um, whether it's an agent or, or any anyone else associated with that where we call sort of referral partners um so that's probably something I'd just be very aware of and ask that question um, to make sure that there are no referral fees that are being sort of handed around between both parties involved.
0: And the, the way that um, you should be able to find that out is that there is a requirement of disclosure for licensed real estate agents if they're receiving fees um, from others whilst they're working with you, um, if that is going to have a direct impact on you. So you can ask the question, but you should also be provided with that disclosure from a reputable buyer's agent. So um, feel free to ask that question. But again, um, working with a REBA accredited buyers agent will ensure that um, your interests as a consumer are protected because ultimately um, all of the processes of REBA buyers agents have been assessed and they do meet those minimum standards that we uh, do require as an industry to best represent uh, buyers.
1: Um, all occasions. I know you've mentioned REBA and if the listeners out there are not sure what it is, you um, We'll, we'll go through that. Obviously, there's different qualifications. I mean, in, in our team here, um, I'm a licensed builder um, through um, QBCC, so Queensland Building. Um, you can search up the license of a builder anytime. It's free online through QBCC. You can put in the name, the license number. You can do a history of the search. So I'm not sure there's too many other buyers agents out there that actually have a builder in their team. Um, But if they do, or or if that's something that they're helping you with, or if they've got traders that work with them, people that they're referring to to help you out, do a quick search on QVCC. You can see the whole history, nothing gets taken away. Um, So the history of that person forever, um, and it shows you of any defaults or anything they've done along the way. Um, Melinda, you're yourself and another one of our team members, um, Briley, uh, QPIAs
0: yeah so um anyone that is providing tailored property investment advice to you who may be a buyer's agent should also hold out relevant industry qualifications and at this stage because property investing is not a legislated part um or it's not a legislated thing here in australia um for your peace of mind as a consumer um you are best to partner with a qualified property investment advisor and that person will be accredited through PIPA and that is the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. You can look at the PIPA website and you can do a search to see whether an individual or a business holds the QPIA qualification. And I cannot stress enough that if you are seeking advice from an investment perspective that you really should be working. With someone who's going to tailor that advice, advice based on your individual needs and circumstances, I'll just circle back to you know something that you said earlier, Scott, about um, not being transactional and really focusing on the best client outcomes. Um, I just had a closing call with a property investor earlier today, and one of the things that he mentioned was a highlight for him is that at the beginning, before we even started the commencement of the search through the education that we provide to our clients. We really helped him to understand um, the way that his finance was structured. And as a result of the education that we provided around finance structure and property investing, he sought some advice from his mortgage broker and the whole finance structure changed. Now, yes, that delayed the start and commencement of the search, um, but for him, that was the most important Um, thing that we had the structure right up front before we actually went ahead and made a purchase on his behalf. The same applies for purchasing in an entity versus purchasing in your own name. And again, a lot of people will ask that question when they're onboarding with us, how should I structure this purchase? We cannot provide that advice as a licensed buyer's agent and nor should any buyer's agent provide that advice. That advice must come from a licensed accountant. Um, or tax advisor so it's really important that you get that advice again before you buy in queensland here in brisbane certainly you cannot change the name that's on a contract without potentially um, being subject to double stamp duty implications so you must understand how you're going to structure the purchase before you buy so getting that sort of advice is is what is critical upfront, as especially as a property investor but also as a homeowner Um, Because that's going to help you to set a plan in place for the future and ensure that you're not making a mistake around the structure or the way you're setting up the finance. Um, And again, I think that's the difference between a buyer's agent who might just take you on and start searching versus a buyer's agent who has the QPIA qualifications, who's really going to understand your circumstances, the type of property that's aligned with your longer-term goals and then ensure that you've structured your finance and the the entity details in a way that's going to reach the goals that you've achieved for yourself. If you haven't, then they will refer you to the people that you need to seek that advice from before they even start to look at properties that might be um, aligned with what you're looking for.
1: I'd even question that it probably does uh, count for homeowners as well because- yeah. Even though we talk about investors, um, buying a home, it, it's still an investment. Um it could be a stepping stone for the next property or set you up for investments. Um so treating any sort of property as an investment as well as a home, it, I think that's really, really important. Um, I think we're pretty blessed that we've got two QPIAs here in our team and, and another and one and the way. another one on the way. So um, those qualifications, um, I think when people Advertise um, out there that they're the number one buyers agent or the the most the best or whatever they are. Um, just check why they think that is, um, as opposed to just calling yourself that as well. Um, can you give us a little bit more? I know you've mentioned Reba um, quite a bit, um, and and we are members of Reba, um, and we do obviously um, are very proud to be a part of that as well. Uh, can you give us a little bit more information about it? What it is, what people should look at, and what's you know what are the benefits and all those types of things.
0: Look, I think for for consumers, the benefit of partnering with a REBA-accredited buyer's agent is that you know that um, you're going to be working with a reputable buyer's agent who's going to be meeting the minimum standards within the industry. So you know that that buyer's agent will have no interest in selling property. They will be exclusively working on the buy side. They will also not be receiving any um bonuses or payments from sales agents or developers or builders to recommend properties to you. So they are completely independent and they will be recommending properties because they are aligned with what you're looking for, not because there's any hidden commissions that they are receiving. Um, Additionally, they adhere to a very strict code of conduct. Um, Now that requires, or that, that enables you to have that confidence knowing that they're not going to have clients with conflicting briefs. They're not going to have um, situations where the service level is going to drop because they take on a higher quantity um, of buyers at any particular time. You'll be very, um, it will be very clear what the process will look like from the outset because they will have a clear process document which will help you understand what the client journey will look like from the time that they onboard you through to when you might purchase the property. Now, we've had a lot of buyers agents um, reach out to us as a membership group uh, wanting to apply for membership, but they don't meet those requirements and therefore they actually are unable to join. So I do think that um, it's not a pay your money and you're in type of membership. It's definitely a membership that exists to ensure that minimum standards are maintained throughout the industry. Um, and it is the best way that consumers can ins- ensure that they're not going to be um treated in a way or or taken for granted, I guess, uh, through the process when they are partnering with someone to represent them as a buyer.
1: And ongoing too. So uh, it's not just that qualifying to get in, but you actually have to continually meet those standards to stay a member. Um, You know, we we go have conferences, um, there's meetings, obviously, conferences. it's It's a group that share um, and they share information and they share how things work through through the industry. It's not a selfish part where you just go, oh, no, that's, I'm not telling you anything. Um, so it, it's, again, it's people working together to help the consumer, the clients um, to benefit um, from, from the part of the service as well. Absolutely. Well, I think we've covered a fair bit there. Um, so obviously it is important. As we said, it's it's a massive decision buying property, trusting someone that you can work with, um, and to have your best interests at heart, that that's probably the biggest takeaway for it. And and check on those qualifications.
0: Absolutely. Look, um, I know that this has been a, a slight twist on our Law podcast episodes, but we felt it was really important to respond to some of the claims that were addressed in the Four Corners show earlier this week, which was really showing some of the worst things that can happen in the real estate industry. Um, I know when we started out as buyers agents nearly five years ago in our business, um, you know, our accountant said we'd never make it because we're too honest. Um, And, you know, the real estate industry is full of dishonest people. Now, we've proven him wrong. That's not the case. Uh, We've proven that there's a way to represent buyers in an honest, transparent way um, without all of the... the underhandedness, I guess you could say, that that typically occurs in the real estate industry. There are a lot of good operators out there, both on the sales side and on the buyer's side. Um, But as a consumer, sometimes it can feel like a minefield. Um, so we hope that today's episode's really helped you to get some clarification on some of the due diligence that you can do to ensure that you are aligning, aligning with a quality buyers agent who does meet industry minimum standards. And the best way to ensure that is to to check if they are a member of REBA, If they're giving investment advi- advice, check if they are a qualified property investment advisor, um, and also make sure that they meet the requirements that you're looking for, um, in, in being comfortable with the, the client match.
1: Excellent. Well, as usual, I will let Melinda wrap it up. It's been good talking. Um, as I mentioned previously and and ongoing, we're, we're still working on exciting episodes, more information, guests, and, um, uh, to try and keep the entertainment and, and information coming for everyone in the podcast. So, Uh, We'll keep working on that. It's been good talking and we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much. Bye for now.
0: Yes, as always, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. And um, if you have done so, please don't forget to share with friends and family. As always, if you would leave us a Google review, we would be very grateful. It does help other people find our podcast and benefit from the content that we share. Look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au feel free to send in any questions and we will try and answer them in future episodes.